that was uh, Dina Reed Love. Really, really little teaser from her piece, Free, and that was the word that I wanted to end on, Free. <laughs> and you are joining us uh, for another edition of Wanda's Picks, the Black Arts and Cultural Program of the African Sisters Media Network. And uh, Free People, Free People definitely are joyful, and uh, Alicia Greenwell is joining us to talk about Black Joy Parade 2021. What is gonna? What it is? What it is looking like? Because the uh, festivities have started. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday to you too. So, Black Joy Parade 2021. What are you all up to? Yeah, I mean, I think we. Uh, if any of your listeners have been to Black Joy Parade before or been following us at all, remember that the past three years, you know, we've had this, you know, the biggest celebration of Black Joy in California, but potentially in the United States. And obviously we, we can't put our community at risk by gathering that way. And so this year our approach instead was how can we bring as many moments of Black Joy to as many Black people as possible? And so we got together as a team and brainstormed all the little ways that we find joy. And some of those things are as simple as just seeing people that look like us smiling and happy and trauma-free. Um, some of those things is, you know, supporting Black-owned business, um, understanding and really living in Black art. And so we've created what we're calling Black Joy Rising. And it's, it's exactly what I was saying. It's, it's a series of experiences that bring to try to bring as much joy to as many people as possible. So one of the things, for example, we launched a treasure hunt uh, last Monday, and it, it takes you all around Oakland um, to, to what we call black-owned gyms. And, you know, some of those are art pieces you've never seen. Some of those are black-owned businesses you might not know about. Some of them are just other kinds of surprises. And at the end, you get a prize, but I think the prize is actually just getting to move and be outside and experience um, black joy in, in a really simple but really powerful way. Mm. Wow, that is so cool. That's really cool. So who, uh, what are some of these businesses that um, and art um, work that people are looking for in the uh, in the treasure hunt? Well, I can't tell you. It's a treasure hunt. <laughs> I can't, can't give it away. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. The point of the treasure hunt. <laughs> Um, if you go, if you go to our, it's so funny how many people ask that. I'm like, it's a treasure hunt. You're going to, to find the treasure hunt. Um, but if you go to our website, blackjoyparade.org, you can um, find where to start. And the way it works is there's a clue. The clues aren't super hard. I road tested the clue on pretty young people. So you can find the clue, and then it will take you on the journey from place to place. And, you know, I think one of the other beautiful things about it is it's, you can do it by yourself. I don't think you would, but you could. You can do it with just your partner. You can do it with your kids. You can, you know, so it's it's bubble friendly, I guess, is the way you might want to say. Um, but it gets you outside, and I think a lot of us are just looking. We're missing that movement. We're missing that togetherness and that connectivity to our community that we, you know, we can't experience so much in COVID. So um, I encourage everyone to go out there, and, and you'll, you know, maybe some of the things that it takes you to you know about, and I, I bet some of the things you don't know about. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so tell us about yourself and your team Yeah, um, I'd love to talk about my team um, So myself, you know, I, I'm in marketing I'm a marketing strategist It's my full-time career, my day job, if you will um, You know, I 
it's a blessing in my life to get to run Black Joy Parade as an organization. And specifically because I have the best team, I will take anybody on that. Like, I run a team of about 20 to 21 volunteers on any given day. And they also just put their heart and soul into this organization, into finding all different ways for people to experience and to, and to really uncover their own black joy, you know, it's, it's in all of us. We all have it in moments in our lives. And a lot of times it's just overshadowed by some of the heartache and trauma that we feel. And I think that the team does a really good job of finding ways to unearth that in our community. Um, so shout out to all of them. Uh, most of them have been with the organization since its inception four years ago. So we've grown together. We stretch together. We've, you know, in this pandemic, obviously, we've found a new way to bring joy to our community together. Um, we're we're a little BJP family is what we call ourselves, um, and I really appreciate them. All of them are local. Um, all of them live, you know, in in the Bay. Majority are from the Bay Area, from Oakland specifically, but quite a few people, you know, are transplants and and moved and just wanted a way to get involved. So, mm-hmm. right, yeah, and and yourself, um, are you Oakland um, born and raised? I'm not. I'm actually from um, Sacramento area, a town called Roseville, if you've ever oh. heard of it. And then I, I moved I know to Roseville. Oakland. Yeah. In my, you know Roseville? Yeah. Very different. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my son-in-law's family lives in Roseville, but they, they oh, really? are uh, Oakland transplants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I'm 37, so when I was growing up, Roseville, I mean, still to this day, was predominantly white. I think a pretty decent Hispanic population, but for the most part white. Um, and, you know, it wasn't until I moved to Oakland, actually, that I really felt what it meant to have black joy. I think that, you know, growing up in a predominantly white town, you just, you, there's no space for that. You know, you're just trying to understand what being black means, let alone black joy, let alone um, appreciating that and celebrating that. Um, and so moving to Oakland with its incredible diversity, you know, it's obviously its history with the Panthers. And and so many people that are Oakland natives, their grandparents being transplants from the South, like my grandparents were as well. Um, Oakland really inspired me. And so I, I had left for a while and moved back um, about six or seven years ago now. And that's what inspired Black Joy Parade is coming back to Oakland and just really being inspired by the town and feeling like there was something missing. Um, that there was something, like I said, there, but just maybe hidden beneath some of the other trauma that we were experiencing. So um, I, I think people always assume I'm from Oakland because I'm so committed to Oakland and I love it so much, but I'm not. I'm from a couple hours north or east, I guess, east. Mm-hmm, yeah. So where where in the south is your family from? Fort Worth, Texas folks. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of Texans yeah. in California. Okay. I know. I think <laughs> it's Texas, Louisiana. I think most people's families are from and. You know, there was a huge movement um, at that time. I think two parts of the military brought a lot of people here, right? And then I think union work, you know, railroads, um, all of the, the sort of skilled labor today. I, I think it's interesting now. I, I don't think that people make that connection when they think about union labor and skilled work of being being part of the African-American history, our story. But it's why so many of our families came out here for work and for freedom. You know, they didn't want to live in Jim Crow South longer they felt like there was opportunity out they, out here and and because of that they were able to come out here and explore and experience blackness in a new way that they would never allowed in the south and so 
you know, people often ask, like, are you going to take Lock Joy Pray to Atlanta? Are you going to take it other places? And there's something really special about California. There's something really special about the West Coast that I think Black Joy ha- has roots here, um, just the reasons why our family came here. And so, I, you know, it's not a coincidence that Black Joy Parade started in Oakland and, and will always be rooted in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So how how are you defining Black Joy in all of its different different you know ways of of talking about it um how do how do you how do you define black joy uh, you just sort of yeah. sort of um just now you mentioned you know a lot about community and 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 freedom you know because my parents yeah. and grandparents and great grands were migrating here from you know the segregated south for more opportunity than certainly they saw a vision here that wasn't attainable there one you want to talk a little bit about about that and sort of you know um uh I don't know what was it like you know as far as you think about joy uh maybe you could name some moments uh you know then and now where where you say yeah this is this is what black joy means to me yeah you know, I, I think it definitely means something different to everybody. So I don't want to mm-hmm. give my definition, know that it's mine and not, um, you know, mm-hmm. a, a generalization. But I think of Black Joy in two ways. One, it goes back to what I was saying about the feeling when I first moved to Oakland and welcoming and being appreciated for just who I am naturally. Um, I think that there is a lot of pressure, at least I felt a lot of pressure growing up to be a certain kind of Black, to be a certain way. Um, and I had to add on top of the color of my skin all these other skills and attributes and characteristics and the way you talk and the way you move. Um, and when I moved to Oakland, that didn't matter. As long as I was authentically me and I was honest and I was real, I was appreciated. And I was actually more appreciated because I was black. I was more appreciated because of the history of my family and the, I don't know, the natural creativity that I bring to the table, the natural movement I bring to the table, the natural commitment so I think of my black joy very much as welcoming and, and innate love, I guess. Um, not unearned, but sort of I don't, have to, I don't have to prove anything to be appreciated, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first way. I think the other way I think of black joy is in some ways the opposite of that, the other side of it, which is about freedom. And it's about freedom to celebrate um, things that are not based in pain. You know, we, I, when I was really little, a family member told me that blackness doesn't just exist in opposition of white, but is beautiful in and of itself. Um, and I, I really take that, that thought to heart that we can be so many things and we can experience so many things. We can try so many things. You know, I think a lot of Afro-punk culture is, is similar to that. Um, Afrofuturism culture is similar to that, where the sky is the limit. And But a lot of times we've been held back by the trauma. We've been held back by the prejudice, you know, and, and that's come to define so much of our reality. And I think of Black Joy as the opposite of that. Like, what if our, our reality is defined by the things we're interested in, by the things that excite us, by the things that make us happy, um, bring us closer our like our creativity is a huge part of that. Our just our innovation and um, and I think of joy as the ability to pursue that, the ability to experience that. Um, and it isn't to say to forget the past. It isn't to say the past is not important because it it obviously is. Um, and so much of the past does define a lot of our realities. But what if we can all step away from that? And what if we can all um, think about a future in which 
you know, we aren't defined by trauma. We're, we're defined by our greatness and our potential. And I, I hope that the things that we do with Black Joy Parade uh, allow people space for that. I think one of the most beautiful parts of the event itself is that it asks nothing of people. You don't have to come in a certain costume or, you know, w- with a certain cause in mind. Like, it's just a place to celebrate you. And, and in having a place like that, the sky is really the limit on what, what is possible. When you, when you come to a spot, a foundation that is supportive, all there is is to go up. That's the only place to go. And I see that in a lot of the kids that come to Black Joy Parade, their eyes wide open and their imaginations just, they've never seen some of the things that they're seeing. They've never seen black people on a horse, you know. They didn't know that there was car clubs. They didn't know. Um, and I hope that for everyone. I hope everyone, it, you know, our kids can grow up with this this limitless um, idea of what they can be. I know a lot of us didn't grow up that way, um, but I very much see that as part of black joy in my definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, I noticed that this year um, there is a, a special um, awards program called Icons Among <laughs> Us, a virtual yeah. celebration. Yeah, talk a yeah. little bit about that, please. Yeah, um, I actually, right after this, going to go deliver a beautiful gift to all of them. Um, so, you know, when uh, George Floyd's murder happened, I think there was a lot of, um, well, I don't even have to tell you. <laughs> there was just a lot of uh, bandwagon things happening and, and a lot of, you know, conversation around activists and what it means to be an activist. Um, and at the time, you know, a lot of people were reaching out to me you know, asking me to speak on it. And I am not, a, I don't see myself as an activist. You could argue that joy is a form of activism, but I don't see myself as that. And at the same time, because of Black Joy Parade, I'm so connected to people who I really do believe are activists. And by that, I mean, they're committed. They've been doing work to elevate the black community for decades, you know, not just 12 months during COVID or not just even a few years, but they've committed much of their life to this. And, and that can be a lonely journey. You know, it's in vogue right now and it's trendy right now to be involved in DE&I and, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's, it, but there are people who've been fighting what I consider one of the greatest fights of all of our lives for their whole life. And I wanted mm-hmm. to find a way to celebrate them. I wanted to find a way to, to shine a light on them because they deserve it and oftentimes they're overlooked because they're in the trenches doing the hard work. They're, they're not on social media, you know, they're not like out here storing and gramming all the time because they're, they're putting in the work and, and um, their difference can, the difference they're making can get overlooked. So what we decided to do um, was go on a, a little search for three people um, that we felt like really deserved the title of an icon among us. You know, it was the name was inspired by the fact that a lot of times we wait until these people are gone to think of them as icons. We wait till mm-hmm. they're no longer with us to celebrate their work, and that's just that's just a shame. So, we did um, we did a, put a call out to our community and said, "Who do you think deserves this?" And we were overwhelmed by the submissions. I mean, that's just a testament to the bay and and the community, but. Really, and it was a lot of people that I had never even heard of. But once you did the digging, you're like, dang, they've been putting in the work. So we ended up narrowing it down to three people um, who are, I, I'm just blushed by the work that they do. They're so incredible, Kathy, Ben, and Maurice. Um, and there are icons among us. And we hope to continue doing this potentially in the future. Um, and it's been supported by Comcast, who's been an incredible partner for our, of ours. And so we're giving a grant to a nonprofit of their choice. Today I'm going to give them 
an amazing personal gift. And, yeah, on the 24th, tune in. Um, we're going to hear their stories. I think it's fascinating how someone stays so committed to this work. It's really hard, as you probably know. Um, you know, there's ups and downs, and, and sometimes you feel like you put in so much work and the progress is so little. It's like two steps forward, one step back, you know, and, and they really, the three of them really deserve our love and admiration. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's really awesome. Could you tell us again um, who they are? Yeah, um, Kathy Adams, uh, Maurice Woods, and Ben McBride. Mm-hmm. And if you and, go to our website, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering if you could just tell our audience, you know, what they do. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, of I know they can go to um, the website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Kath, you know, it's actually pretty hard. I'm, I don't want to butcher it because all of them are involved in like four organizations. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to say um, how to pick even one. But um, I will say that all three of them do co- cooperative organizations. <clears throat> meaning that they, so much of their work is getting different people together to make impact and change. Um, and that looks, that looks different depending on which organization they run and what their, their focus is. Um, Kathy, for example, um, runs the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, that is about how do, we, how do we work together to elevate our small business and really empower us financially as entrepreneurs as in an ownership sense, you know, um, and, and that work again, you know, hurting cats sometimes. Like that work is really hard, and she's been committed to it for a very long time. So I just I would encourage everybody to, you know, you can go to our website, you can just Google them as well, and look into their work. And they're um, they're all really really incredible people and and different. You know, they're very different in their work that they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's really great. Um, you know, honoring the people among us who are, are doing such wonderful work that um, everyone, you know, doesn't know, but most of us benefit from. So that's, that's really awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's a good point that, like, we're all benefiting from this work, but it goes unknown, you know. It really, a lot of times, you don't see it. Um, you don't see the foundations that they're building. And sometimes the work they're doing doesn't, the impact doesn't get realized for 10 years, <laughs> you know, it's, this is, this is a long game. This isn't just donate some money and you're out. You know, this is, like I said, this is about commitment and dedication to a, a future that none of us have seen yet. So I, I'm actually curious, what, how do you define your black joy? If you don't mind me asking. Um, let's see. <clears throat> uh, well, just right here in this moment, um, when I think yeah. about black joy, I think about I think about freedom. I think about uh, peace. Um, mm. I think about yeah. I think about children's laughter. So that's what I hear. I hear children's <laughs> laughter and running around and and the parents not worrying or the guardians not worrying because they're going to be safe. So safety. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I think about. Black joy is being sort of limitless opportunity. Like you can think it, you can do it, and nobody's going to say, everyone's yes. going to say yes. So black joy is yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, all the time. Like it's <laughs> and um, black joy is yes. Yeah, I, I think, like that. <laughs> yeah, and black joy is reciprocity. Um, 
you know, you give it out and you get it back multiplied by who knows how much, right? But you're not doing it because you want to get it back. You're doing it because black joy is is sharing, right? It's um, if I've got it, you've got it. Uh, black joy is wellness, um, you know, and everything, you know, wellness includes having enough to eat, you know, feeling right. safe, um, having the technology so that you are connected, you know, your children are connected. Um, Black Joy is communication so that you're not sitting wondering because you're not, you know, tapped in. Because <laughs> everybody is tapped in, right? And if you're not tapped in, people miss you and go knock on your door and say, hey, Miss Sabir, how you doing? We miss seeing you. You know, we miss hearing from you. You know, we we didn't see you on this Zoom whatever that you've always been coming to. You know, yeah. So it's a whole lot of things, but the most thing it is, yeah, is love. it is. You know, black joy is love. You know, it is. It is. It's. It's interesting because all those things that you said, and even the things that I said, you know, I've heard people say, you know, black joy is a mentality, and mm-hmm. that is true. But it's a mentality based on opportunity. You can't. You can't. Just believe that you have peace. You can't just believe your kids are safe. They actually need to be safe. <laughs> you know, they actually need right, to live exactly. in a community <laughs> that's that's looking out for them and protecting them and and you know caring for them. And so it's a mentality that comes based off of opportunity and and lifestyle and community. Um, and and like I said, and like you said, I I hope that for everybody. I hope that we can all mm-hmm. explore our lives um, freely. Um, so that's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for um, asking the question and putting me mm-hmm. on the spot here. It's like, ah. <laughs> um, you, well, you know, it's just you like, you know, the Black else. Joy Parade. It's like, of course I want to be there, right? Of course we want right. to experience joy without even thinking, like, what is it? Well, we know it's good. <laughs> we know it's good. We can feel it, right? Like you said, it's children's mm-hmm. laughter. Like, I can feel it, but... It's it is hard to put into words often. Mhm. Yeah, you just know it when you're in it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Similar to love, yeah. right? Very. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and and that's what's really wonderful. Um, some people don't like being in crowds, right? Um, but I just love being surrounded by black people. It's just like I just <laughs> love that energy. I, it's like getting charged, and and we are getting charged because really you know that. Um, that electricity is in our bodies, and when we're together, yeah. you know, black folks, and we could be quiet, but we know we you know, like it. Just sort of like the mm-hmm. literal, mm-hmm. he or she's got my back, right? Like you feel mm-hmm. it even with strangers when when it's a lot of black folks together. You know that these black mm-hmm. folks are black folks. Like some people are black folks, but they're mm-hmm. not black folks. But when a bunch of us mm-hmm. are together, like standing up for justice or just grooving. <laughs> You know, just enjoying the music and just enjoying the sunshine, um, like Roy Ayers sings, right? Um, it's a, yeah, it's just like it'll hold you when you're alone. You could just call on mm. That's what Black yeah, Joy is, too. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's this uh, collective feeling, right? You're right. Yeah, you yeah. Anything, and you just know, you just feel it. I, mm-hmm. I feel held a lot, like 
Yes. I know this sounds strange, but like a like you know cradled cradled or something. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yes. No, I feel that, and and I also I don't love big crowds. I definitely don't. Um, but I love Black Joy Parade. <laughs> I, love, mm-hmm. I love big. I love big crowds of us. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's probably because all those things you said. I feel safe. I feel loved. I feel welcomed. I feel I feel energy. Um, yeah, it's really special. It's really really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's one thing um, <clears throat> that this uh, you know uh, this distancing um, that's what it interrupts because. Um, you know the travel here in those in those ships, right, uh, was awful because of the way we were brought here. But the whole thing right. around being together, you know, African people have no problem with that. You look at the marketplace, right? Right. We have we have no problem being in close proximity. You know, um, uh, Brian Stevens says we need to get proximate, right? So then we can really understand what the other person can be empathetic if you are not proximate. So the proximate aspect of of travel was not the problem. The problem was the reason for the travel, how we were separated from our people, and then the continuing my offer, right? That's and the, the unknowingness of the future. Yeah. It, oh you know, yeah. Could you yeah. imagine getting getting on there and they're like, get in? Who are these people around me? And where am I going? Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, that fear. That's so. That fear is more powerful than anything. I think you know. Well, it's the violence of it. You know, it wasn't like you know, mm-hmm. like hey, come take a take a trip, a ride, and you know, some people were being right. walked to places where you know they were inland, and all of a sudden they see all this water and these people they think are ghosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So how do we, like, you know, I see, you know, with Black Joy continuing, the Black Joy Parade continuing in these other iterations to keep the joy, right? Like, no, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. We are still together. <laughs> um, you know, sort of like, okay, how do we, like, transform these new ways that we can be proximate safely? Like, how do yeah. we do that? A lot, of, yeah. a lot of it's in our imaginations, right? But at least with this, you it know, is. the treasure hunt, you're actually going to, like, a physical thing. <laughs> you know, like, no, I mean, you know, yeah. it's in our heads. But it's also, like, for That's real, like, brick and mortar. <laughs> and this it's is how. And then because you, you're making me, mm-hmm. you're making me think a lot about um, how how negative movement was during the slave trade. Right, because we, mm-hmm. yes. cause the violence, because the unknown, because the, cause the, the separation. Um, but how, mm-hmm. how we can flip that and movement be, becoming such a positive thing in our culture. Um, mm-hmm. Our actually our like byline on Black Joy Parade is be the movement, and mm-hmm. I think about dance and how powerful important yeah. that is for us. Right, I think about yeah. marching. I think about yeah. right. I think about even just your point when we're all together just vibing and swaying and grooving, like movement, take, let's take it back and let's be intentional about it and moving towards something we're excited about, something that makes us happy mm-hmm. and it's yeah. growth and support of each other versus moving towards um, destruction, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's where the choice comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. people need to choose yeah, black good, I, I right? hope. Right. And I, yeah, and I hope, I hope that, you know, Black Joy Parade, we're helping people move towards 
joy. I hope that we're helping them move towards things that bring them joy and love and, and closeness and connectivity back to what you were saying about proximity. Mm-hmm. Right, certainly. And and so the um, uh, the awards um, uh, program, is, is that also free? Um, is everything free? Yeah. Yeah, it's really important to us at Black Joy Parade that we try to make everything possible free. Um, you know, you can't claim to be inclusive and then have cost as a barrier. So the the treasure hunt is also free. Um, and the, the on the 24th, the Icons Among Us um, event is also free. And then we have a bunch of other things coming up um, very soon. We have Joy of Movement, which is going to be a, a full day of um, health and wellness, you know, yoga and meditation and things. That will also be free. Um, and some of these things, like the treasure hunt, you get a prize at the end. So it's free, and maybe you get something on top of it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I remember last year um, uh, Black Joy Parade uh, was was um, uh, collaborating with the Art of the African Diaspora, and I was wondering, mm-hmm. um, is Black Joy Parade doing anything with the Art of the African Diaspora this year? Is that a part of anything, the, the art? Because um, I noticed doing- that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not doing anything specific um, with the Art of African Diaspora this year, um, but not yet, I guess I will say. Um, okay. I think one right. of the pivots that we've made is to go from, you know, one big thing, one big event to a bunch of different things. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it feels like every week we go, we, you know, we embark on a new partnership um, and a new way to find joy. So I say not yet versus no. Okay. Okay, super. Well, people need to uh, follow you all and uh, and start, you know, searching or unveiling or coming to grips with, uh, or not grips, that's not quite the right term, but just sort of, um, I guess, um, uh, embracing, embracing the joy. Because a lot of times, you know, when things aren't going well, you, you don't feel the joy, but it's there. So embrace the joy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, even people yeah. listening to your show, I encourage them to just take a moment and just think about the love in your life, you know, and the black mm-hmm. joy in your in your current life. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes that candle is burning very dim, but if you look at it, you know, you see it's burning much brighter than you thought. So, mm-hmm. certainly, certainly, yeah. Wow, well, Alicia, this has been really lovely. Thank you so much for oh, nice uh, for remember, remembering us and yeah. Yeah, it's great, great way to open um, the Friday conversation talking about Black Joy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for your work. <laughs> you yeah, take good care. Thank you so much. Yeah, you oh, you're too. You're welcome. Bye. Peace and blessing. Bye. Bye. Hey. Uh, good morning, Sister uh, Afia um, Mazamoyo. Good morning to you. Did I? Yes, did good I morning say, to you. Oh, good morning, good yes, morning. You did. You so did. Black good morning Love to you, Day. Good morning, good yep. morning. Tell us about Black Love Day 2021. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, it's happening, uh, Sister Wanda, and thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for the invitation. Um, I apologize that I haven't gotten you all of what you needed, including bio and all that. It's just, you know, it's kind of down to the wire. And yeah, it's uh, tomorrow, it's right? <laughs> it's tomorrow. It's all good. Um, Black Love Day 
Uh, dinner celebration for Aya has uh, been for eight years straight. We have been um, bringing our community here in the ATL Atlanta together to celebrate us, celebrate Black love um, with uh, a couple of themes. Uh, one, we wanted to um, get away from that whole Valentine piece. Uh, we 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 often say don't don't let that guy Valentine pimp our love for our dollars. Uh, we were we were very aware of how much money. Um, I mean, real serious money is spent at, at this time. You think about um, oh, you know, flowers, candy, the big meals. You know, we've gone out and paid for sometimes two hundred bucks at a time. Very often, not with our establishments, not not with us. So a lot of money spent. You know, in the name of our black love, and our black love is important, we wanted to, though, take all that energy and put it into us, so putting it into our establishments, putting it into our floors, uh, just whatever we're going to spend, like spending it among us. We also wanted to celebrate and hold up uh, those in our community who've been exemplifying such great black love. And we started celebrating um, couples, singles, um, ancestors who have been loving in such a way that has um, brought love to all of us. So we celebrate couples who've had revolutionary long love. We celebrate some of our oldest, eldest folks who've been really working in a revolutionary way as a couple. Uh, we look for folks who are exemplifying um, war, what we call warrior love, and that is actually really absolutely challenging and resisting oppression. Uh, challenging people policies practices that continue to oppress us, both singles and uh, couples. We celebrated folks who've been um, uh, so into healing love, helping us heal, you know, from what we call injected oppression, this this long night of oppression and from all those wounds of oppression, who've been working to help with that healing. And then folks who've been uh, building love, who've been about building Again, in our interest for us, uh, and uh, we've been doing that. We've been celebrating lots of good people. Uh, on that night, we bring the honorees, uh, and we pamper them. We actually just really love up on them. Businesses shower them with gifts and all kinds of great things, and we feed them a very good meal. It's a very uh, fancy dinner, you know, tablecloth, sit down, fancy, and we show them our love. And the celebrants also treated very, very well. It's our time to just love up on them, uh, give them all the love we can. We usually have great music. Uh, we, 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 we dance, we sing, we, we love each other. And, uh, of course, we're missing it. We're, we're, we're wanting, you know, we're, we're looking with the COVID piece all throughout, um, you know, the summer, trying to figure out, like, will it happen? We already had our honorees, and, you know, we'd already invited most of them to be honored. And it was like, nah, it's it's not. We're not going to be able to. It, it still won't be quite um, comfortable, and people won't feel safe together, um, up close and personal. So we decided to do it online. And doing it online is a great thing, partly because um, folks have been watching this celebration from afar for some years and wanting to be here. In fact, we have sometimes have people fly here to be with us for this celebration this year. We don't have to leave our homes. Um, we can get dressed up. Uh, we can uh, go out to a black-owned restaurant, uh, spend those dollars there, or we can cook at home. Uh, mm-hmm. We can prepare our food at home and join in together. 
So there will be a time uh, during the celebration for us to eat, you know, to great music uh, and, and to see, you know, good video of what we've been doing, keep it all moving. Celebration has its own uh, DJ room. Folks can jump in there. Um, in fact, um, I intended to send you a celebration guide, uh, uh, Sister Wanda, so folks can see how, how it's going to work. We also have ourselves an African vendor marketplace where we have some very selective vendors who are showing their uh, what they have, products and services, and folks can um, can buy. So we're super excited, and I, I am so appreciative of you to uh, want to give us this opening to uh, let more folks know what's going on and uh, how mm-hmm. they can get involved. Right, yeah. So tell us more about about the uh, specifics. Um, tell people how they can come. So actually, um, they can go to um, they can go to IAED. We're Aya Educational Institute, so it's A Y A E D. That's the Adinkra symbol. Uh, symbol Aya. It's a fern. IAED.com slash BLD Black Love Day, and uh, they'll see the celebration guide, all of what's going to happen, and on page eighteen. Um, and maybe you can see it too, uh, Sister Wanda. They'll see how they can register to get the active room and links. There's also a, there's even a form there for them to give dedications to to the DJ. Uh, <laughs> so on page eighteen, uh, if everybody can pull it up, you know, thank thank God for for technology. I at a y a e d dot com slash b l d. Uh, they can see more about the celebration. These some folks we've honored. It's a beautiful, um, beautiful celebration guide there and on page 18. If they click, they will register to let us know they want to come, and then we will send them this same celebration guide that will have links for them to come and participate with us. Um, yeah. Mhm. Okay. Oh, that's what this means. I see it swirling. <laughs> okay. Um. So tell us about your um, your awardees this year. Um, well, we're not going to honor an award this year. Um, okay. we, we're going to keep that. We're going to keep that how it's been, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, to give you a feel for that, you know, the honorees always um, we always want to know like what they like. Like if they like coffee after the meal, we're going to have coffee. If they like tea, we're going to have tea. You know, from time to time we've had honorees that have had special dietary uh, restrictions so or, or or preferences. Like if they're raw, they're going to get a really good raw meal. If they need to not have it, any sugar or salt or whatever in it, you know, it's like um, we really, really try to pamper them. They have their own server. Uh, Sister Asha has done that for us probably for about five years now. Uh, she's taking good care of them, and that's what we want for them. We want them to be pampered. So the ones that were to be honored this year will be honored next year. They'll be honored okay. next year. And uh, mm-hmm. those those honorees this year um, that will be honored next year, Sister Wanda, are what we call our legacy honorees, too, be, partly because many of them, uh, we've honored their parents already, Right. And mm-hmm. as we look at them, uh, they're they're living lives and building lives in such a way that so um, carry on some of that legacy, even though they're doing different things than their parents per se. They're carrying on on that legacy of 
uh, either, um, you know, challenging oppression, helping us heal from oppression, or, or, and or building organizations, businesses, institutions that are for our betterment, and, and we're going to honor them. That will happen next year, though. We just let them know, you know, not this year, next year. Um, plenty of them will be there, though, in that they, they absolutely support the celebration. Um, our past honorees, uh, they will be here. We will be bigging them up again, and we always do that. We Part of what I love about the celebration, you, you know how sometimes you've been honored uh, for something, and it was for that year? And it's like, then it's kind of over, you know, it's it's quite an honor. <laughs> I, well, I'm 63, so I'm 63, so I've been honored, right? And then next year, it's, it's, it's a nec- it, the next person in line. Part of what we do, we, we always have our, our folk who've been honored in that area. If they're able to attend, then they, they honor, they help us to honor that new person or that new couple. And so it's kind of like a welcoming into the family. And each year, the, that those folks who've been honored before, they get to be honored again. I really like that, too. I like the continual honoring because, you know, the, the folk are still here. They're still working. They're still doing those things that got them uh, on our radar in the first place to be honored, and we want to keep the honoring going. And we also want them to welcome the, the new folk in, into, into the family. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have some. Um, uh, I have a friend who's there, um, uh, brother um, Anyinka um, Inkululeko. Um, do you know him? He's in. What was the person? Uh, Anyinka. He's a social worker like you. He's retired, but he's also a filmmaker, mm-hmm. and he they do a lot of work with black boys. Oh wow. I maybe know of his work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He lives. He um, lives here too, but he also lives in Atlanta. He's in Atlanta right now, and um, okay. and he's also a filmmaker, like I mentioned. Um, he he's the one oh, nice. who's been taking photographs at our annual Maafa commemoration uh, for a number of years. Um, the last year was 2019, and then um, and then another sister. She lives there. Her name is Afia Reina. And she puts on the Black Sustainability um, Oh, that's, that was, that's my daughter. That's my daughter right there. <laughs> what? Not serious? biological. Not, oh, not biological. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's my daughter. Yeah. That's my daughter. Oh, that's okay. my little sister, uh, Mama yeah. Reina. Yeah. Black Sustainability. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. Yeah. Right. Excellent yeah. work. Excellent mm-hmm. work, and uh, we've been we've been presenting at her conference for uh, forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. you mentioned your mm-hmm. school, and remember they had the whole thing around black independent uh, schools, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. did you present at that particular um, uh, workshop? I don't think I presented at that one. I presented on something else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah. I met um, I met Afia. She presented at the um, um, the conference looking at um, the uh, United States of uh, of Africa, right? And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and sort of the planning around that, and and having these different regions, and it was really really good. It was this. But not this summer. Summer hasn't come yet. <laughs> Last summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, um, Afia and uh, Charles—they're on our uh, flyer this year. 
And if you look in the oh. if you look on page uh, two, do, do you see her there in the blue? Um, uh, she and Charles were honored two years ago uh, for okay. um, for heal for healing love. Uh, and then if you look down, if you look at page 18, where I want folks to go so they can register, uh, mm-hmm. she is uh, that first button where it says Black Love Day main room link. That's that's Mama Raina right there. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that's her. Yeah. So it's, it's people Hi. like her, uh, Sister Wanda, that we're honoring, you know, that are mm-hmm. doing such good work. Um yeah. You know, loving us every day in in their work and the work that they're doing is just making such a big difference, you know, for us in mm-hmm. in the universe. You know, in in, in Mama Raina's working really she's working a whole planet as best she can, you know, just gathering us up to have us mm-hmm. truly have uh, not only a shot at sustaining, also thriving. So yes, big shout out to her. Absolutely. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, Aya Educational Institute and how Aya Educational Institute, you know, comes to, um, you know, to produce, you know, this wonderful community celebration of of love. Oh, sure. So um, Aya is uh, 22 years old. We started back in 1998 um, here in Atlanta. Um, you know, like so many independent schools, Sister Wanda, we were looking for an option for our children and just couldn't find it, right? <laughs> you know, so it's like got to build our own. And um, so for 22 years, we've been educating youth. We are a full-time, uh, full-day school, uh, and uh, we're independent on the private side. Um we started actually teaching online via, we say via web platform, because teaching online isn't, for what most people think of, isn't what we do. We taught via web platform. We took our um, our curriculum to teach it via the web. And 16 years ago, it was my husband's wisdom. He said he got a, a nudging from the ancestors to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, we figured out how to do it online. Of course, like <clears throat> like most folks now, you know, people are struggling to do it because we can't do it in brick and mortar so so well. I was also quite quite resistant. My thing was, you know, I want to be able to touch them. I want to be able to hug them. You know, I want to be up close. And as I got with it, though, as I started really, really seeing some of the some of the good of it, seeing some of what could sometimes be an advantage to doing it online, like having the best teachers, for instance, you know, like our teachers are, are actually um, – Throughout the country and throughout the globe, we have our um, African visual arts teacher now uh, in the UK. We have our um, our Zulu teacher uh, there in Johannesburg, you know, and mm-hmm. they're excellent, right? I couldn't have them walk into a brick and mortar in Atlanta. So there's the upside. And as we as we worked with it and were real clear that we were going to keep it engaging and interactive like we teach as Africans, right? None of this just presentations to many or showing a video or, or tutorial and having the child struggle really by themselves. We were, I became clear that we could teach students as well online as most people could teach them face-to-face because we knew how to teach black children. So on the strength of that, we kept building, building, and, you know, we graduate seniors. We send them on to high school. Uh, we have a 83.3% a success rate at getting full-ride scholarships for students to college. 
Uh, we're quite proud of that, and mm-hmm. uh, and and our curriculum is Af- is African centered. So everything is centered around uh, them, Africa, and we don't mean that it's infused, you know, in February or some other times. We mean that even how we teach is going to be African, and it's it's always there. It's always in there in the center. So quite proud, and we have just excellent teachers, um, excellent, excellent teachers. We're having a great school year. Our enrollment, um, of course, increased a lot. Uh, and fortunately, we were absolutely um, ready because that's how we do it anyway, right? So we were proud <laughs> to have 16 years in in COVID. We, we, didn't have, we didn't have to scramble at all and um, were able to accommodate um you know, some of the increase that we were able to get. So that's I the school. We also have an adult um, uh, part of our uh, institution's programming called Warrior Healer Builder Model. And that has to do with um, uh, supporting us as adults to um, heal from the wounds of oppression. And... Uh, that also has to do with our being becoming stronger at challenging and resisting oppression. And then in doing both of those, we still have to build ourselves as individuals, build families, organizations, businesses, and institutions. So that's our Warrior Hill Builder model, and that's really how I know Mama Raina because she's so on board with that, and she's always trying to include that with all of her building. Um, and as we were looking at it, actually – I was resistant to the Black Love Day celebration too, and now I'm I'm the most enthusiastic uh, because when it started eight years ago, I was also um, uh, one of my professional pieces of work was as a tax a tax consultant, tax um, tax preparer. I prepared business taxes, uh, you know, as part of how to how to just how to make money, especially support the school because schools always have to be subsidized. From my looking at it, at at any rate, I was like, I don't have time. I mean, I can't do it at that time. It was actually my husband with Kessa and another sister. It's like, no, we need to like, we need to celebrate Black love. Like, let's to heck with this Valentine guy. Like, let's get some Black to our <laughs> love. And I was like, oh no. And then each year, it's like it became just so so much bigger for me, more and more. It's like, no, we got to do this and just being more and more special and. And the community caught the spirit of it, um, and it has supported it so well. I mean, um, the the folks pay for a really nice dinner to come out and celebrate, and um, so you know, it's like um, it came though out of our Warrior Hill Builder work to say we know we need to lift us up, we need to lift up Black love, we need to uh, have some ways to have us love on each other, you know, in a real big way. And we need to definitely honor folk who've known how to do that, uh, even in their loving, uh, whether it's romantically, you know, uh, loving of our children, um, our ancestors. We always give an ancestral award. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Sister um, Wanda, last year, uh, we've given the award to Francis Chris Wilson. We've given it to... Um, uh, Baba before or Asa Hilliard, you know, we always do that. And um, so, yeah, I, it was out of the Warrior Hill Builder work. And very often we through that work, we are aware of folks who've actually been doing just that. They have been challenging oppression. Um, uh, one woman who got it as a single person, she has um, uh, uh, 
I'm going to call her name in just a moment. I apologize. <laughs> wow. Uh, she has been fighting a fight here, um, kind of a regentrification issue, but it's also an eminent domain issue uh, where they're taking uh, folks' property, saying that there's a floodplain, but there was no floodplain. They actually just wanted the property. And she's been fighting that. She's actually uh, an attorney professor, so she so she knew how to fight. She's been fighting for many many years. Uh, that's a fight. That's a that's challenging oppression right there. You know, she's challenging the people policies and practices that continue to oppress us. So we wanted to like highlight that. We wanted to, for people to know what we mean by Warrior Healer Builder for how we define it, and uh, and, and we've been doing that. So yeah, that's how I Educational Institute would come to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and talk about the Indinkra, you know, um, Aya, um, and and how that came to be, the, you know, the name of your institution, and and then I wanted to ask you, um, in closing, about this when I was doing a search, <laughs> um, on on Black Love, um, I, I I found something else, and I I think I sent you a link to it to see if if you know it, um. And it's it's a similar name, um, but the only thing is, they say that their um, um, Black Love Day is this is the twenty eighth uh, their Black Love Day twenty eighth relationship ceremony. It's like wow, that's a long time. Is is um, is tomorrow as well? And I was wondering if you know if you know them. Uh, it's Ayo Handy Kendi. He's the founder. Do you know Do you know him? Sure. I, it's actually a she. Um, oh, she. Oh, okay. And thank you. Yes, thank you for asking, uh, Sister Wanda. I I probably would have stumbled on it if I'd been a little bit more, um, uh, how do you say, <laughs> a little bit more, uh, uh, what, how will I call it? I, I don't know if I planned this. Um so let me let me just say a quick word about Aya as you ask, and then I'll, I want to go right to Mama Aya. Um, oh, yeah, so Aya is the Adinkra symbol of the uh, Akan people um, and um, of Ghana. And it stands for, um, Aya is actually the fern, you know, the fern plant. And, and so Aya will grow in almost any environment. You know, it's not picky about environment. It'll grow in rock. It'll grow in sand. Uh, it does need some water. Um, and, so it's very resourceful, you know, um, in terms of getting what it needs to grow. It's hard to kill it. So, so we take it to mean resourceful. It, it's um, it's defiant in times of difficulty. So it's like you know, like uh, enduring. Um, um, enduring is the kind of the final meaning for me. It it, it does endure, um, and that's what we want for our institution. We'd like to believe that it will endure for seven generations. And uh, so that's Aya. Um, Mama Ayo is in Washington, D.C. And uh, actually, uh, Wakesa, who is my husband and partner, will be participating uh, in, in her conference. She started uh, Black Love Day, I think, over over 30 years ago or so. <clears throat> um, so she's a founder of Black Love Day. Uh, ours is is taking a little bit different shape than hers. Uh, she hers is uh, a lot uh, on redemption and also reconciliation. So she is, you know, uh, she really is working to I think uh, love on a more universal um, 
how do you say plain ours is ours is black love it's it's about black love we're real real clear about that we're kind of tight about it we really see the need to lift up uh, black love i do want to um give her though credit for starting the celebration uh i think uh, i think is that about 30 years yes and there's there's okay. some other groups too there's a group i thought that's who i thought you were <laughs> to. you asked me there's another group that uh mm-hmm. does like seven days kind of like kwanzaa oh. they have candles they have black and red candles and uh um, oh wow! <laughs> they they've they've actually uh, made principles. I saw them just the other day online. Uh, I can't remember the wow. name, but uh, so and there's another group that celebrates on the 14th on the, on Valentine's Day. So, you know, people are doing it various ways. Uh, it'll be a good thing if it really catches hold and that we you know love however we can love. Uh, for us, uh, we wanted to kind of like uh, uh, Kwanzaa get away from some of the Christmas business. You know, we we definitely want us to stop spending so much money with other folks that don't support us. Um, Our colors, uh, we kind of push purple and gold as opposed to red. And people can show up, though, in anything. We always have people wearing red, pink, and that's okay. So we aren't picky, right? We're not like you got to have on purple. You got to have on African wear. You wear what you want to wear. Um, mm-hmm. you you can have your camera open. You have it closed. We we want folks there. We want to feel your spirit. We want you to come and get love and give love. Uh, and if mm-hmm. you're at a black establishment, we want you to shout that out. Give that publicity. You know, uh, mm-hmm. if you're cooking at home, uh, show your plate as well. And that brings me. Uh, I thought you were gonna ask, uh, Mama, uh, Sister Juan. I thought you you found Ngolo. I just want to quickly give a shout out to Ngolo. Uh, oh my goodness, how quick the time goes. Ngolo has been our response to COVID-19, and I want to say there will be some Ngolo folks there with with liberation plates, because we've had a liberation plate challenge this whole month, and that is having some red, black, and green on our plates. And if you um, if you do the hashtag liberation plate challenge, uh, anybody out there, you'll see some of these beautiful plates and platters and cups, and I mean we're making smoothies, smoothie bowls. Uh, all kinds of creations with red, black, and green. And if you're on Facebook, if you check out Angola Gardens, you'll also see it there. Uh, so some of our folks are going to be there with some red, black, and green on their plate, too. Uh, and that's a good challenge. Uh, <laughs> thank you so very much, uh, Sister Wanda. This has been such a joy. As you can see, I'm really hyped um, about it. And hopefully folks will go to com uh, slash BLD for Black Love Day and see that guide and sign up. Uh, it's on page 18 where you can click, let us know you want to come, and then you're going to get all your clickable links to, to be right there with us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. That's Eastern. Standard time I know on the West Coast, that's what, about 4? Uh, so mm-hmm. y'all would eat dinner a little early <laughs> tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> a little bit early. Uh-huh. We uh, we we, wow. uh, we will have uh, we will have some some folks from California for sure, and we look mm-hmm. forward to any of you all of you joining in. Oh wow, it's so wonderful speaking to you, uh, Stephia. I'm so happy that um, you know your flyer came my way through the uh, Association of um, 
let's see, what is it, the uh, black psychologist, um, ABCI local um, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, that it was that we, you know, people keep the information circulating. So I was able to like, oh, this looks really good. And you were available, you know, on such short notice, too. Really great to hear about your school, too. Love to have you back on to talk more about, you know, what you do there and the travel and all of that because it's quite extensive. And we, you know, mm-hmm. we just basically sort of just touched on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any any time, Sister Wanda. And I'll be happy to send you a bio, too. I I missed that part. Uh, oh, no, that's okay. That People can, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you have a, um, a social work uh, degree. And so, you know, this is all a part of, are you a clinical social worker? Um, uh, I I practice, but I've always been private practice mm-hmm. so you know okay. I, I I definitely didn't deal with the social uh institutions all of it so yeah I I, I think I'm I, I work as a social worker every day I just needed to do it on my own terms so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right well good luck on on the dinner tomorrow and uh you know the virtual version and um yeah looking forward to um you know when you all will be back in the the brick and mortar version of it so you can you know, do it upright. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Sister Wanda, that we're probably going to do it online again next year too. You know, it'll take a lot of work, and oh, you yeah. know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing, and, and maybe this is one good thing to come out of it. Um, thank you mm-hmm. so much. Oh, you're quite welcome. You take good care. Bye, bye, now. Peace and blessings. Uh, good morning, um, uh, Dr. Melinda Wilson. Uh, is it Rami or Ramey? It's Ramey. Ramey, and uh, yes. good morning, Dr. Linda S. Goodrich. Well, hello there, Wanda. <laughs> hello, and congratulations on spell number seven, the opening play of your season um, at Celebration Arts in Sacramento. It was so awesome. Oh, my gosh. And oh. Dr. would like to say, yes, yes, yes. They did it really <laughs> well in this virtual environment. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, you, were able to, yeah. um, you were able to see the show last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of um, hiccups um, where I was like, I got these notices, and like, I, and I had to, like, start all over again and then join, you know, like, get back in. But... I don't think I missed too much when I was disconnected okay. for a moment, <laughs> but okay. you know I'm, I'm okay. kind of used to it now because we've been we've been doing this for a year in the month, mm-hmm. right? So, so you know it's like okay, whatever. We know how to like keep it moving. So yeah, and all the great music. Oh gosh, really great soundtrack and the dance moves. Oh my goodness, you have to tell us about the choreography. <laughs> Yeah, and I love I love the ingenue who took us from one thing to another. Oh man, and those stories, gosh, I was sort of like thrown back to. I mean, I knew it was a choral uh, poem, but I'm like, oh wow, there seems to be like this motif around, you know, um, infanticide, right? <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. for color girls, and then now in uh, spell number seven, you know, there there's a um, you know, a child dies, and I'm like, oh, hmm, yeah. uh, I wonder what's that about. Yeah, so anyway, I want I want to read your bios and then let you all just, 
let you both just sort of take us through this play and its inception. And, wow, I just really loved how it was a story about, you know, um, theater artists, but it was also a story about how black folks make it through, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we can't we can't um, own our own selves. I mean, everyone is projecting onto black Americans. If you're if you're from born somewhere else and you're a person of African descent, you get a pass. But if you black folk from America, like mm, like you know, everybody <laughs> seems to know what who we are, <laughs> yep. what we are, and how we move, and and they're experts on us. You know, it's like, and we yeah. can't say anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really a debilitating thing. Yeah, and you know, you think about 2000, you think about 21st century, you think about 2020, right? And what happened? And and here we are in 2021. And and that play is so, so current. I mean, like, wow, she could have written it today. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which is probably why you yeah. all are doing it, because, you know, you're smart people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let me start with um, uh, with Dr. Ramey, um, Wilson Ramey. You are the director, and you earned your B.A. in African-American studies at Vanderbilt University and doctorate in theater and drama at Northwestern University. You are associate dean for student success in the College of Arts and Letters at, Sac- at California State University, Sacramento, or Sacramento yep. State. As a university right. administrator, you focus on student success initiatives, challenging surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion, and creative collaborations between the college and Sacramento community. Uh, your creative scholarship explores ways of using the stage as a place to play and question theatrical representations of black identity. Oh yeah. This is this is this play sort of definitely. Is your expert yeah, for real. Yeah, for this, real. Yes. <laughs> mhm. And you've directed several productions at Sacramento State and Celebration Arts, including a soldier's play for colored girls who have considered suicide. <laughs> when the rainbow is enough, the whiz, having our say. Wow, I love having our say. In the blood and Joe Turner's Come and Gone. Uh, you find directing a virtual production to be both challenging. I think we'll let you. I think we'll let you um, say that part because you, okay. you can do that part yourself. Yeah. And then uh, Dr. Goodrich, you are the choreographer. You are all over the play. <laughs> they are. They got some serious moves, right? Even in a window. Um, <laughs> You earned your B.A. in 1971. You write uh, M.A. in 74 and Ph.D. in 76, which is telling us that, you know, like, you know, you got like a heck of a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you're like a foundational person here in the Bay. Uh, You and Dr. Oshimare, right, at everybody's (laughs) and um, city center dance. But anyway, um, from a, you got all these degrees from Ohio State University and an MFA in performance and choreography and dance in 1982 from Mills College. You're one of those African Americans from Mills. Wow, you all were really like changing up some stuff there. Wow, that's so mm-hmm. Mills is in Oakland, California. And then you moved to Oakland, California in 1978 
in Utah Dance, as we already mentioned, at City Center Dance Theater at Mills College in the Dance, English, and Ethnic Studies departments. And you served as Artistic Director and Dance Artist with City Center Dance Theater Dance Company. Uh, In 1990, you began teaching dance at Sacramento State University, where you chaired the Department of Theater and Dance from 2006 to 2012, and you are Artistic Director of Sacramento Black Art of Dance, uh, S4 slash BAD, <laughs> for 25 years. What a nice acronym. Um, that we are bad people, right? Isn't that what Sonia Sanchez That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was awarded, yes, you were awarded Dr. Goodrich, the Legacy Keeper Award uh, from the Catherine Dunham Institute for Dunham Technique Certification in 2013. So you know uh, Reggie Ray Savage, then, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just dropping my, names, of course. <laughs> my grand, my grandson went to OSA, uh, where he teaches, oh. where Reggie still teaches dance. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a couple of his, a couple of students from there. Um, I teach at the College of Alameda um, last semester. Um, the International Association of Blacks in Dance, um, you also have an award for excellence as an art scholar in 2017 and the Dream Makers Award. And people just need to go uh, to the play, come see the play. It's still happening, even though opening night was yesterday, and it was heck of awesome. The play is going until, what, the 21st of this month? Did I, do I, am I remembering correctly? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm reading from the uh, the program. And, Dr. Goodrich, you retired. How dare you? From the university <laughs> teaching in 2017. Uh, however, hallelujah. It's, it's a, hallelujah. What? <laughs> I am still mad you, at her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. So all those wonderful folks that were able to, you know, you know, get you in the classroom. Wow, I bet they feel so blessed now that <laughs> that um, they got you because you know it wasn't something that was going to be um, you know uh, without a terminus. And however, you continue to advocate for social justice and cultural change through teaching embodied knowledge of ancestral memory and legacy. Well, how do you do that? <laughs> I'm not laughing. It's just like. Yeah, working with Melinda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Melinda and I are partners in crime. Uh, we worked on many of those projects you mentioned in Melinda's bio together. And with having our say, she directed me as Sadie. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was Sadie uh, oh, in having right. our say, and Melinda directed mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah, Linda yeah, and I, I know. Worked, Linda and I've worked together for more than fifteen years at this point. Um, she's choreographed mm-hmm. every single thing I've done, and it's been amazing. I'm, I, I don't think I could. I don't and wouldn't and can't do theater without Dr. Linda Goodrich, um, <laughs> and other aspects <laughs> of my life. So yes, um, I embrace that entire bio, uh, bio that you just read. It is all wonderful and true. <laughs> Cool, cool, super excellent. So, um, so let's um, let's talk, and then maybe we maybe you could tell me about this ancestral memory and legacy as as you all talk about spell uh, seven. Uh, I love the magic uh, 
uh, of it, and maybe you can tell, tell our audience a little bit about uh, Intazaki uh, Shange and, and this particular work and where where it comes from in her repertoire. So I'll start with that. So Intazaki Shange is a legendary playwright, poet, essayist, um, author, and she. the thing I love about Shange is she doesn't do anything like anybody else. So um, like you mentioned, Linda and I had the opportunity to do spell, uh, not spell number seven, to do for color girls who considered suicide when the rainbow is in that. And I insist that you use that entire title so it is not confused with um, Tyler Perry's film that is loosely based on the play um, or choreo poem. But Shange, she weaves so much of her own life, so much of her own work into everything she does. For colored girls who considered suicide when the rainbow is enough preceded cell number seven. So that was her more well-known piece. And then cell number seven followed this a few few years later. It was not as, I'll say, popular as the first play, but it did um, was on New York stages, um, et cetera, et cetera, in the late late seventies, early eighties. Um, and the thing about this particular show, I'll let Linda address why it's the opening show of Celebration Arts season. But this particular show, when I I read it years ago, like when I was in graduate school, um, and when Linda mentioned. Uh, my possibly directing it, I said, the the only thing I remembered about the play was this big menstrual mask in the beginning, right? Um, But then I read it again, and I I thought that this was today. Um, Every single scene she talks about is, uh, I saw running images of 2020, um, particularly with the mask and the black menstrual face, uh, black face menstrual mask. Um, and if you saw the show last night, we, we played with that idea a little bit, uh, more than a little bit, actually, (laughs) it's very intentional. Um, and there's just so many lines in the play that, uh, Eli says, we disinfect our toilets and someone else says, um, I think it's the scene with Lou and, uh, Alex, they're talking about, we can't get from here to there because of immigration laws. So it's, it's, it resonates today, um. Very much so, and I think it does even more than for colored girls who considered suicide when the rainbow was enough. When we did that show in 2012, Shange had added a, a scene about HIV and AIDS that brought it a little bit more contemporary, and she changed some of the locations for Lady in Red's monologue. Um, but mm-hmm. cell number seven, like you said, it, it is today. Um, and as black actors and performers, we are regulated to certain roles, certain theaters, um, and the conversation about who can direct what, who can play what, can, continues. And we, uh, Shange talked about that in spell number seven, and uh, mm-hmm. with the Nicole Crawford who plays, um, not Nicole, Nicole no, Monique Crawford who plays Lily in the show, is a commentary on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, let's should we go into where where we went with this and how it came to being, or I'll, I'll let. I first want Linda to address the uh, Celebration Arts, contr- the selection of the play. Okay, oh, cool. Do you, all, do you all hear some um, uh, noise, um, like something's moving? Because um, as, as you were speaking, um, I, I uh, was hearing some other uh, ambient sound, um, like someone was moving or something. I just wanted to let you know um, that 
you might want to mute yourself if you're doing other things than because it goes into the um the recording and it's not edited. Okay. So I want to make sure everything is real clear. Okay. Is that better? I was on speakerphone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's oh that's a lot better. Thank you. That was me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we live no, in a world no where it's like, Can you hear me? Can you hear me? That's like the the only thing we know how to say. I didn't unmute. Okay. I apologize. I'm back. Oh no, 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 it's okay. I just wanted I just wanted to continue. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, Doctor Goodrich. Uh yeah, well I'm gonna speak to celebration arts and as you know, oh, cool. I moved up here uh, from the Bay Area, Oakland, where I lived for 14 years from mm-hmm. 78 to 90. When I moved up here, I thought I had, I didn't know where I'd come. <laughs> I thought I'd come <laughs> to a cultural wasteland uh, for black theater and black dance. There was nothing here except this institution called Celebration Arts. And, of course, coming from the Bay, I sought Jane Featley out um, and uh, started working, you know, or doing whatever I could immediately, and I started a dance company, uh, Sacramento Black Art of Dance. That's bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, In 92, because there was nothing here for me to do, and I would have lost my mind. So <laughs> because I, I was always looking at dance and theater, um, it was a perfect marriage for me to find Celebration Art and start working uh, with Celebration Art. Uh, so I think the first play I directed at Celebration Arts was a colored museum. But then oh, I did for colored nice. girls. I think I did all the colored shows <laughs> back then. So when the pandemic hit last year, we were in the production of The Bluest Eye. And oh. I was in Houston and got a call from one of the actors saying, oh, my God, the actors don't want to go on, and what should we do? What should we do? And we immediately said, shut it down. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that. And then we started meeting as a board every single week, and we're still meeting as a board every single week to figure this out. How do we survive? How does a community theater like Celebration Arts survive a pandemic when we just moved into a new space? Brand new building, yep. Brand new building with way more rent. (laughs) Higher rent, more more seats to fill. (laughs) Yeah, the landlord still going to want her money. Uh, What do we do? Uh, and Wanda, yes, Dr. Halifa Osamari is on the board also. Yes. So she's been meeting with us every Saturday. And uh, Melinda was also on the board when she first got here. We got her on the board, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Celebration Art is the black 
theater, dance, music gym here in Sacramento that I know people in the Bay probably don't know about. Uh, We do have a community here, and it's a pretty tight-knit community. Uh, Without Celebration Arts and Sacramento Black Art of Dance, I would have died here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But uh, I just want to say, so when I moved to Sacramento 15 years ago, I started uh, my career in the Department of Theater and Dance, where Linda was a professor. And Linda, uh, I say that she hired me and took me under her wing and brought me to Celebration Arts. So um, the, the theater has been amazing. I've had a, I've had a, the opportunity to do black theater. Like I do all different types of styles and genres, but Celebration Arts has been my place to work with black actors on black shows and historical things and uh, tie everything together for um, to help establish where Celebration Arts, not only in Sacramento, but we have done some things in the virtual world that have connected us outside of Sacramento um, in very amazing and interesting ways. Yeah, we, uh, Melinda and I both did a, hosted a show on Zoom, uh, The State of Black Theater in America 2020. And we had people from all over the United States on that program. Right. Uh, And we did one, The State of Black Dance in America 2020. But to get mm-hmm. back to how we chose this show, uh, Intozaki's work has always been important to me as a dancer because mm-hmm. of her whole concept of the choreo poem, and she danced with Halifu. <laughs> so I've always known about Intozaki and dance and theater. And uh, the other thing is I love her work. I was a mm-hmm. major. I read and I love her poetry, and her poetry just lends itself to dance, and it's so vulnerable, and you can do so much with it. And she's just so smart. <laughs> Intozaki <laughs> is just rich with you name it. She's rich with it. And with her passing, her new book uh, has come out now. Um, So We Dance, I think that's the name of it, I hope. <laughs> uh, and at uh, at uh, Barnard, the college she went to, university, uh, they now have the Intozaki Project. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you ought to have uh, Halifa on to talk about that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought, wow, we're going to open with an Intozaki play. And everybody mm-hmm. knows for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough, but they don't because these young kids, <laughs> all they know is the Tyler Perry movie. And uh, they go, who's playing the lady in white? I said, yeah, there, is there is no, no lady, lady in, in white. white. <laughs> there is no lady in white. <laughs> and they go, what? I said, have you ever read the play, the choreo poem? And they haven't. So Mm -hmm. I did a version in June for Celebration Arts with all women over 60. My oldest actor was 80 because they understand what she's talking about. And uh, that's been a major hit for Celebration Arts, these women who were like 
70s and 80s talking into Zaki's words. It's just phenomenal. Uh, so can, I, can thought, I speak to that? I, I want to speak yeah. to, to that because Linda, okay, uh, yes, for colored girls who consider suicide when the rainbow is enough is a staple, uh, not only of black theater but in our lives as, as artists. Myself, Linda Halisu, and when I moved here, Linda was directing the show for Celebration Arts for colored girls who considered suicide when the rainbow is enough of women all over fifty, and it was amazing because they understood it. And for colored girls who consider suicide when the rainbow is enough, that is the I have seen that show more than any other piece of theater, different productions. And I, I want to make sure that when Linda says we did that show, that was the first show this past summer that Celebration Arts did virtually. So they did it. They, it was a revival of the same cast via Zoom, okay, with talkback performances, et cetera, et cetera. So it was that was the I think was that the first thing Celebration Arts did virtually um, to bring that yes. back with mm-hmm. different stipulations from um, from Shange's uh, estate, et cetera, et cetera. But it worked really well um, in that format. So we were able to then uh, look more so at Shange's work to see, okay, what else can we do? Because I think a lot about being in the virtual world is you have to select the plays that will really work in that format not everything will work and i hope right. I hope for color i hope spell number seven works in this format because it's been completely new and challenging um do working the, on this mm-hmm. when nobody is in the same room yeah same and the other thing is you have to be able to get the right not every right. way you can get the right to do virtual so uh, it took us about uh six months to come up with the uh, work that we could get permission for to pay for the rights to do virtual. And what's beautiful about this 2021 season of social justice and change is that we have a different play every single month that runs for two weeks. And it's live. Live. And and it's live, Uh, meaning virtual live. But every, you know, no theater is doing every single month you can see a different play. And sometimes we have two in the month because we'll do a one-woman or one-man show along (laughs) with a two-week play that we're doing. So if you go to celebrationarts.net. Net. (laughs) Yeah. .net. Our website, yeah. You will see, uh, I, I hope it's up. <laughs> I'll make sure it's up. Uh, yeah, that, I'm checking uh, it right what now. What our season is. Yeah, what our season is. Um, and uh, if you go on Eventbrite, uh, Eventbrite Celebration Arts Live, you'll see all of the programming we do on Eventbrite. And Wanda, right. you can take my class on Wednesdays at one thirty, stretch strength and mindful movement, shameful plug. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and but remember, Zach, you remember Zach, now. Yeah, it has been a whole year. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking on the website and I'm not seeing the shows and events. I'm not seeing all of the different um, okay, plays that are I will in your season. We'll can you, can you just tell us? Make, 
Oh, yeah, I can tell you. Let me pull out my computer here. (laughs) Uh, Next, our next month play is Mojo by Alice Childress. Uh, Oh, love Alice Childress. Yeah, we're also doing Beauty's Daughter, which is a one-woman show um, Mm -hmm. by Daryl Olandersmith. Um, And then... The fa- April, you're making me look up my stuff. Here it is, the season. Okay, here we go. In April, we're doing Dot by Coleman Domingo. Uh, and oh, really? I love Pines. Coleman. Is, yes. is he gonna? Is he gonna be uh, any? Like, is he gonna be available for talk? Well, we're trying. Yeah, we're trying to do that uh, also with people we can get a hold of. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we're doing a one-person show, A Cold Day in Hell, by Jan mm-hmm. Quackenbush. In <laughs> uh, May, we're doing Issa Davis's play, Bull Rusher. Issa is Anya oh, Davis' yeah. daughter. Yeah. Right, and yeah, I'm I know. Yeah, they did that, that. They did that at... Um, um, at uh, the uh, theater in um, in Berkeley, the one right there on in Ashby. Berkeley, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're oh, also good. doing a one one person play, Nat's Last Struggle, uh, and uh, James Wheatley is going to direct that. In June, we have a project uh, Kimberly Marshall has called the Macbeth Project, where she oh, yeah. Shakespeare. With all mm-hmm. black actors, they're doing Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet, where Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet are seniors, not teenagers. Oh, what? Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. And in July, we're doing Blood at the Root by Dominic, how do you say her last name? Morriso? Yeah, I like that mm-hmm. one. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, they, didn't they do Dominic that? At, um, um, I thought they did that at um, Mill Valley. But I'm not sure. That's a great play. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, and Thomas is directing that one also. In August, mm. we're doing Sachimo at the Wardoff, where uh, James. Oh, Sweetie, that's so good! Oh my gosh! I yeah, that he. Oh. Yeah, he he's going to be the lead in that. In September, we're doing Pipeline, <laughs> also by Dominic and Michael oh, wow. Benjamin who is another black director and had a black theater here and also oh. worked at Sac State, will direct. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. September, we're doing Anna DeBeer Smith's Fire in the Mirror. Uh, okay. And October, we're doing Mrs. Cage. And mm-hmm. in November, we're doing Smart People by Lydia Diamond. And Dr. Wilson is just found out she's directing that again. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. then in December, we're doing our holiday play, and it sh- mm-hmm. I should have the name in here, but it, it's an original play written mm-hmm. and directed musical by our own Jane Sweetley. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you see, I, I wow, that's sure amazing. Nicole, yeah, I mean, usually you do what? Six plays a year? Six plays a season, yeah. Right, right. So we've doubled up. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. 
So yeah, uh, that's yeah. the little wow. the little engine that could and does. <laughs> 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 yeah, and, yeah, we're and tickets a were only fifteen dollars. I mean, how do you do yes. that? How do you yeah, do that? How do we do that? Yeah, well, we that's have friends we like you. you. That's right, <laughs> Wanda, and we need you to tell everybody to get Somebody. online and buy tickets. Buy tickets, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how you I, support I... us. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> wow, this is right. so amazing! Wow, what a great. Year-long season. It's going to be really awesome. But, you know, I was just thinking, uh, you know, because of this um, distancing and people being in isolation, you know, we need theater because theater is community. Yes. Even even if it's mm-hmm. on a screen, exactly. like seeing all those actors, mm-hmm. your, your, your cast is like so huge. I mean, there's so many people in those windows. It's nine-person nine, nine person cast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is it's, it's, we, uh, it's a lot. It's, it, it, and it's even a lot. <laughs> so being in the virtual world has had its challenges and presented a lot of things that we did not anticipate. So, mm-hmm. um, for example, the platform that we're using to present the show, we have a nine-person cast, and you can only have ten, per, ten people on at a time. So when oh. we move to that platform for rehearsals and things, uh, all of a sudden, my assistant director and Linda could not be at rehearsal because we couldn't have, we couldn't get them into this into the platform because we could only have ten people on. So that was just one of the hiccups that um, we encountered with this large cast. And then telling the board, okay, the Celebration Arts Board of Directors, this is something you might want to anticipate as you move through the season. But we have the largest cast of the season, so. Um, hopefully we've we've encountered all the hiccups with the first show of the virtual season. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit more about about the play. Uh, um, I just like the whole idea of a black magic. It it really appeals mm-hmm. to me um, because <laughs> you know I, I think that's how we move. You know, as as people of African descent, that's how we're here. <laughs> Still, I think that mm-hmm. was magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, ancestors mm-hmm. are magical, right? I mean, you know, they do all everything because they they're no longer weighted down by the flesh. So you know, it's like right. they are our fairy godmothers and fathers and et cetera. <laughs> and and we just like we just ask them and they they blow, you know, sort of different kinds of uh, ways to move through these various structures that are not necessarily African people friendly at all which is what um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the playwright talks about. And I was thinking um, that this play seems really autobiographical. Um, I didn't get a chance to mm-hmm. do any research on the play, but I, I know a little bit about her life, you know, um, uh, Ms. Shangay, and, um, you know, I know she used to live here as well. And I'm like, yeah, she's talking about what she knows as, you know, an African American woman performance artist and and writer and everything, right? I was wondering if you could talk mm-hmm. a little bit about sort of the genesis of the work and and its different iterations and how you know besides you know changing it to fit you know the current paradigm, um, you know other things that you brought to it because I mean how, you know like you had people taking off the face paint and. And I mean, they were in a bar, but they weren't in a bar. They were in windows, but it worked, right? <laughs> and yeah, your your cast is just phenomenal. Um, 
Yeah, they were really, really, really great. And how do you choreograph um, when a person can't see the whole person? Um, yeah, so I just wanted you to talk a little bit about all of that in any way you want to talk about it. And and can you go over a little bit? Are you are you busy now? Because we're we're going over. Oh no, we're good. I didn't. Oh I was no, we're okay. what our time limit was. Um, oh no, we can go. So, we can go till ten if you if you want to fill it. <laughs> okay. No, we're good. Um, okay. So I just want to speak a little. Well, first of all, let's not give any spoilers, Wanda. So we don't we don't want okay. to give too much of what happens because people have to come. You buy your tickets and yes. click and log on, so not too many okay. spoilers. Um, but I'll speak a little bit to the production itself and how we how we came to do this thing. Um, mm-hmm. So we, it was actually, and I will also say this: it was we've only been working on this a month, um, simply oh. because I I thought I was slated to um, uh, do spell number seven in April, and. Linda, she called me. She's like, well, when are we going to have auditions? And I said, what do you mean? She's like, we open on February 11th. And this was like on January 9th. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so we scrambled. We scrambled to have uh, auditions like two days later and, and everything. So it, we hit the ground running like literally with the show. And we started in Zoom. Um, so we did all of our uh, auditions, rehearsals on Zoom, and also know that um, the woman who plays Natalie, it's funny because I mix up their real names with their character names because they're so alike, and we've been talking in character for a month. Um, Ura Egbuho, who's also a student at Sex State and uh, had the pleasure of working with, she's a phenomenal actress. Um, she's in L.A. And oh. um, another actor is in Fairfield. So um, it's, it's <laughs> I think that's one of the cool things about where we are right now is that we can literally have people from all over be a part of this production and a part of any piece of theater. And I don't know if if a lot of theaters have explored that, Um, but that's been really great. So we started in Zoom, all rehearsals in Zoom. Um, The good thing about Zoom is there's breakout rooms. So I could go to a breakout room with one actor and work on a monologue, and Linda could stay in the main room and work on the dance, um, Mm. and then going back and forth. So the that's how we did it in in zoom um having conversations everybody look in the camera everybody come here come here get close to me like you would do in a circle on stage you know where mm-hmm. our faces are feeling the screen so we can really get into this um we had one-on-one um my assistant director brianna robinson she met with a lot of the actors on her own time so so linda's retired so she can do a lot of things i'm a I'm the assistant um, associate dean at Sac State, so I I haven't had a lot of time outside of, you know, work to work on this show. So Linda's been a great help in, like, taking costumes to the post office to mail to this person (laughs) and, you know, uh, delivering a background to someone meeting in Midtown to get them the background. So it really has been um, uh, interesting, and we all – it, it, it's been fun because none of us, none of the cast knows each other. None of them have, I mean, there's people in here who've never met and still have not met. We gathered at the, in the parking lot. I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot about the process, but it was so, it was so interesting and fun and challenging. Um, but we all met in the parking lot of the theater on a Saturday afternoon um, with masks on to get props, to exchange costume pieces and props. And, it was just really weird because it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to see you. You're so great. 
we took pictures <laughs> and 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 everything because it's really it's really this isn't this isn't my or Linda's style, you know, to not be able to touch somebody. Um, mm-hmm. For example, opening night. I mean, it's opening night, and we have a circle uh, opening night, and and to uh, to not hold a hand, but to raise your arms and feel the energy through a computer screen. You, you still, you, I can still do that. I, I literally feel them, um, and watch them warm up and and go in their own spaces. It's really interesting because usually when you're in a theater and people have their pre um, their pre show ritual, they're in different places. They're in the dressing room. People are in this corner, but everybody's. I can see them all on the screen, and they're looking in the camera and they're going over the lines and they're checking their costumes and 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 everything. So it's really interesting to see them. Uh, come together and um, through through a computer screen. But um, getting back to the process, so we started on Zoom, and then we got access maybe, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago to the actual uh, virtual live stream platform, and that was a huge transition because, um, as you saw in the show, there's different layouts you can do, whereas on Zoom you're just in boxes. So... Um, it was really play. It was fun to play in the different layouts to see, okay, how are we going to transition these scenes? But also, um, you know, for tech, we had a literal tech day like you would in the theater that involved, where's your tape? This is where you need to be in the frame. You can only go this far back. Um, okay, where's your lighting? Where's your camera? And it was just we spent what six, five or six hours on Sunday, yeah. two, four days mm-hmm. ago, with Linda mm-hmm. not on screen. <laughs> trying to oh. figure everything out. We had a major problem. Um, we did not have sound. We were not able to pipe sound to the actors until last night. Not last night, night before last. Yeah. Okay. So, so oh it was really I'd I'd been playing the sound from my external speaker mm-hmm. uh, through through the computer for them to hear, but that platform that we're on did not support that. Mm. So we had to go out and find the mixer that would support it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That cost money. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of money. Yeah. So they were, um, yeah. it was, it was, it was really challenging. And I just, I, uh, I love and thank God. I'm so proud of the cast who just ate it up. And you mentioned magic. So, um, Lou, who uh, opens the show and is our um, magician, we had to have a conversation. Like the first night of rehearsal, first second night of rehearsal, it was about, you know, what is magic? What, in black culture, in black history, what what is this? What is he really talking about? Um, and just, you know, no one's going to, ain't nobody going to turn you white. Ain't nobody going to do this. But this is our magic. These are the costumes we wear. We talked about uh, voodoo co- culture and Haitian culture and, and um, a lot of that to get the, like Linda said, even for Color Girls Who Considered Suicide, uh, When the Rainbow's Enough, I did a lot of teaching uh, when I directed that show to, so that the cast could understand what Shange's talking about. And so we did a lot of that same thing here. Unfortunately, we didn't uh, get as much time to spend on it as I would normally because we had such a limited time. But we had those conversations about what is this, what is he doing, uh, a whole night on, on blackface minstrelsy and the history and what it meant and why is mm-hmm. this so, what does this moment mean? Um, so that's, that was some of the pieces of getting into the, 
into the production and the process. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a bit of of the production went into preparation. Yeah, thank you so much for all of those details because. We wouldn't know. It just looks perfect. <laughs> well, we, well, we wouldn't have known the road to 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 the to the yeah. uh, actual performance if you wouldn't have told us. And now we can appreciate yeah. it even more. And and <laughs> you know, I think so much of what we do as a theater is teach. You know, yes. we're especially we're, celebration. We're, yes, exact. Yeah, we're we're teaching people. You know. For example, the seniors that did for colored girls who considered suicide when the rainbow was enough, they mm-hmm. became models for other seniors in the community to go, oh, I can do that. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. when you when you think you can't do something, uh, we have people that want to dance, and they come see uh Sacramento Black Art of Dance, and they go, well, I want to do that. And I said, well, you got to train. you got to take class. And James mm-hmm. Peakley also teaches dance and choreographs. And mm-hmm. when they come into the theater and they go, well, I want to do that. Well, come on, but you got to learn. You know, you mm-hmm. got to learn what, what the craft is. And with these kids, and I call them kids because I'm 71, okay, <laughs> Teaching them into Zaki's language to me was the biggest thing to get uh-huh. them to understand what is she talking about and how does that fit into your life? You know, because oh, they're yes. reading oh, it. Yes. Yeah, they're reading it like it's a sentence or something. No, 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 no. All the nuances in her uh-huh. language, you have to dig that like gold. And uh, mm-hmm. but once it clicked, oh my God! It's still clicking. It's still clicking. It, yeah, it's still clicking. Yeah, even so no, even that, last that was night. Wonderful. Yeah, even last night in the middle of a without well, for lack of a better word a scene change, I said, oh, I should have moved that here because that's the beat, you know. <laughs> Just like yeah, looking at it. <laughs> and I I want to say. Um, Something that I also love about Celebration Arts and talking about this cast in particular is it is multi-generational. I won't say multi-generational, but, yeah, it's multi-generational. It is, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So we have people in the show, um, I think, uh, the, the age ranges. So there's recent college graduates to actually um, uh, additional people who are 60s, 70s. And I think the, one of the most enjoyable pieces was putting together the medley of the music. And mm-hmm. asking someone, well, do you know this song? Oh, Smokey Robinson. Ooh, baby, do you all know this song? And people saying no. <laughs> and, like, see, just to watch who knows what music. And, oh, yeah, I got this. And they're, like, doing the dances from, from the 80s and the 90s. That, they, that, that was, their, that was their, mm-hmm. their youth. That was their music. And right. then other people saying, I've never heard of this. And uh, even doing Bob Marley, we're sending them clips of, of uh, you know, roster culture and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting to watch what they can embrace mm-hmm. and, and it's and the point of entry for a lot of our actors was the music. Exactly. Was the music. Exactly. Well for example um, you said, How can you teach dance? Hey, they're doing it every day. 
Okay, mm-hmm. all of uh, all of the universities, all the schools have gone virtual. Uh, we're doing it every single day. Uh, and the nice thing about the young people is they're so tech savvy with their phones and computers and internet. <laughs> I'll say, go to YouTube, look up this video, and we can share screens and. Uh, they can mm-hmm. watch me where I am, or I can show them examples by sharing my screen way more than I could in the classroom. Okay, and they also have don't... it quicker. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I exactly. said I think I said something about a song last night, and before I could look it up, they posted in the chat of Zoom. Here it exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> it is like oh, okay. So it's been we had a we. We had a cast Google Drive going, so they were uploading pictures, their pictures and costumes. They were uploading their own research. Um, of what it was, so this was another interesting moment in the process. Uh, we had looks like we had ten more minutes. So the first night we went from Zoom to the platform, or no, as soon as we figured out that I, you couldn't hear us, we had problems. But I'll just say, one night of rehearsal, we were we were on Zoom. We were on StreamYard, which is the platform, and we were on House Party. Because <laughs> you can only see and hear certain things in certain platforms, and we're, like, trying to figure out how do we make this work. We couldn't be – so that we could all hear and see each other at the same time. Because when I am directing, one of the things that happens in the platform is when I am directing, um, in order to see the layout, I have to move, remove myself from the screen. And when I remove myself from the screen – they can't hear me. So <laughs> to actually yeah, say, no, turn right, turn left, it was, it was really challenging. So I'm just, and like I said, we, this all came together and clicked uh, mm-hmm. Sunday because our assistant director, yeah. um, our assistant director hadn't been at some rehearsals in a few weeks and she was able to log on um, uh, at our final dress. And she was like, where did that come from? Where did this come? Oh my gosh, they can do that? <laughs> So it was it was a challenge and 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 it's it's challenging also. They said this last night. The actors after we opened, they said, "So was anybody there?" So um, you know, it didn't feel oh. like opening night because they didn't. You know, opening night is when you have that audience and it's like electrifying right. and you get the response. Mm. And they were like, "So was anybody was anybody on?" And one actor said, "Well, my friends were upstairs and they were watching it and they were laughing." But I'm not quite sure if they were laughing when they were supposed to laugh. And then another another one said, "Well, my mom just texted me and she said it was great." So, <laughs> so it's been uh, it's been interesting to see the feedback. They're just like, "Uh, okay, we opened. It's over with. Um, yeah. What do we what do we do now?" <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking because um, I, you know, for instance, when you when you go to events that are. Um, that are in Zoom and broadcast through um, uh, YouTube or in YouTube, um, you know, people can comment. So there's nowhere in 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 your no. um, platform is to well, be able to is. like. Oh. Uh, yeah, I there is. That on there is. Um, yeah. There is a way to comment during the show. Um, yes. I just I'm not re- I'm the person who's running the sound and changing the layout, et cetera, et cetera, on the other mm-hmm. side of the stream. And I will we will open it to commentary um, as soon as I am able to feel comfortable with that and monitor yeah. the commentary because that would be oh. me doing that as well. 
Um, and so I just, yes, it's there, and um, it will be. You can even set it so the actors can see it or they can't. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. another thing, like, like, do I want to, like, for example, last night before last, um, when we had the sound, I played sound where one of the actors hadn't heard sound, and it threw her. You know, she was like, oh. oh, and you just saw her pause on screen, like, oh. And so that could happen. <laughs> should we put up, you know, should we put up audience comments? They might be looking at the comments and miss their cue, you know? So Yeah, no, um, no, they don't get to see the comments. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to see the comments, but I will, I will open up the comments, um, so you're just going to have to come back, Wanda, and watch the show again so that you can provide commentary during the production. So okay. uh, that will happen. Yeah, cause, sure. Because I, I actually I was I was commenting and talking aloud to myself um, in my comment memo section of my phone. I was, like, jotting down a running commentary, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I was just talking to, you know, uh, our ancestor in Tizaki, uh, Shange, as, as I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was. It was fun, but it'd be really nice to actually be able to put those comments in a in a platform where people could respond to me too. Yeah, that'd be super. Yes. Um No, I will I will about, do that as soon as I get everything in order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem, no rush. Just let me know when I should come back. And um okay. and I wanted to ask you, um, um, can can we get uh, a copy of the soundtrack? Because it was it was very nice. And uh, and then I'll yeah I, I like because I was like this could be my party soundtrack right because it was like oh these and I was trying to jot down but I didn't know the names of some of these old songs right I, I just remember I liked them <laughs> we're laughing because we're laughing because the soundtrack is um, in various places um, I'm on Amazon oh. Music I'm on Google Drive I'm oh. on. YouTube, so <laughs> and I oh played my. the okay. from my phone uh, on a mm. playlist from my phone, and even what thirty minutes before opening, there was uh, the the medley in the beginning was, uh, uh, and then the, the uh, Nicole Manker, huge shout out to Nicole. We could not have done this without her. The uh, the set, the medley had the wrong song in it, so mm. <laughs> so soundtrack. Oh yeah. Let us think about that some more. But thank you, thank you for supporting. Oh, and, we, um, we we can give you all the names of the songs. Yeah, we can give you all the songs. We can give you all the yeah, songs. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I need is the names. I can find the music. That's yeah, no yeah. Well, yeah, and, we can send you that then, list. Yeah, and then I I just want I want you um to end, and you don't have to like. Don't worry about the time. We're good. Um, I want you to end talking more about about the play and the characters and and some of these themes that come up uh, in the work. Because it's, you know, it's maybe because of the way it moves, the way you've directed it, it moves, right, so we don't sort of get stuck in anything. But there are some mm-hmm. moments like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but we don't, but Linda, we don't necessarily. Oh, yeah. oh, my God, Melinda. <laughs> um Okay, the first one that comes to my mind is Ure doing White Girl. Oh, my oh, yes. God. Oh, yes. Uh, I love that. You know, yes. you know uh, she, pick, she takes you there. You mm-hmm. think you want to be white? Well, here's what a white girl is. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. piggyback off of that, when Lily talks about, you know, the directors are telling her she doesn't look black. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. You know, and she says, "Okay, well, I'm classically trained. Let me play the white girl." Right. <laughs> and they tell and then Ure her, follows. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Ure changing characters, doing Sue Jean, having the baby called myself. Oh. Yeah. What happens with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's deep. And then Alex's whole monologue about being the classically male-trained actor and having to take these demeaning roles and the women standing up and saying, well, what do you think we're doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're all, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they all say exactly, that. I said that one night. Yes. I think that line, I'm a classically trained actor, I think that line is repeated in the play at least three times by three different characters. At least. Um, at least. At least three different characters. And they say, I'm a classically trained actor. In that moment in Eli's monologue where he says, I'm a poet. And they say, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm a poet. I'm going to write poetry. <laughs> yeah. And um, then they said, well, what are you going to do 10 years from now? I'm going to write poetry. poetry. <laughs> you know, and oh. I can imagine people saying that to Intazaki. You know, when mm-hmm. she would say, I'm a poet, but uh, th- that can't be what you do. What, you know, yes, that mm-hmm. is what I do. That is who I am. I am a poet, and she's still a poet, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and then and- you think of Robert Townsend's uh, Hollywood Shuffle. All of this yeah. stuff is there. You mm-hmm. know, Mizazaki caught it all. She really did. And to open it with magic, with, mm-hmm. you know, hey, that's how we move in the world. world. We can't give mm-hmm. up the magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this show is if you really follow Lou, he is, well, we staged it like this. Not, not that he's controlling the actors or manipulating them or treating them like puppets, but he is, the magic weaves through the play through him. And a lot of times when he exactly. comes in, he gives, he gives the commentary on what so-and-so just said, which is, why, which is one of the reasons he stays on screen uh, a lot of times is because he's commenting. But he also, the thing about that, that character that's so interesting is he's the, he's the one that's making the magic happen, but he's also a character in so many of the scenes. Okay, mm-hmm. so, um, so he is... He, he he is a part of their world. He's not removed. He's not removed from this from this space from this bar. Um, he remains this this figure, um, this magician figure. Um, but he is a part of their world as well. But he we see him performing, going in and out of the wearing the mask. He never takes off his black and white mask um, throughout the show. Right. You know, I was just sort of thinking about um, about Ashe, you know, um, the life yes. force. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and I'm thinking, um, is it Eshu who, who has uh, Ashe? Um, Eshu, yes. Yeah. Eshu. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm thinking about, about uh, Eshu and, and Ashe and then Lou, who is the magician or the conjurer. And and so we can say like he has the ashe right. We're thinking I'm thinking sort of as an analogy, and because exactly. you know how he has that hat, and then you know you think about Eshu, you know the trickster, and exactly, and, exactly. And, and this character exactly. certainly you know the trickster, and he's at the crossroads, and you see his hat sitting exactly. right there in the crossroads, right, and yes. and he drums, exactly. you know, bringing in in the energy, um, yeah. So wow, like 
<laughs> wow, our sister was awesome, right? I mean, look at that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's so yeah, interesting that you say that because uh, I've worked with a lot of – I've worked with about half of these actors before, and about half of them mm-hmm. is my first time working with them. But um, one of our rituals before shows, and Lin- Linda and I – Linda and I have worked with <laughs> the majority of the cast and some of brand new, but um, – and what we do, Ashe is very much the center. And mm-hmm. even last night when we um, came together, didn't come together because I couldn't see or hear me, but um, we came together to ground ourselves before the performance. And mm-hmm. they were put, because they have a private chat backstage. There's a backstage to what you see. Mm-hmm. And so right before the show, they were just text uh, chatting Ashe, 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 to get into that that spade and pray, uh, play homage and mm. know yeah. that the ancestors are with us when we st- when we click play or <laughs> go go live whatever it is so uh, yeah yeah go live right <laughs> what a phrase right go live what were we doing before <laughs> yeah well but I'm serious. that's what that's the box that's what the box in the in the platform says it says go live. And it's, exactly. just so, it's just so nice. To, and then to look at this show, to say, okay, come alive. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's mm-hmm. perform and let's, let's do this. And then afterwards, because the first thing that they say when they get into the bar, Alex says, man, these Thursday night crowds are wearing me out. Okay, so um, to be live and then to be off screen and back screen and backstage, there's so many correlations, but it's really – uh, it's really interesting, and we had the that I think the thing that also made this cast so great is that um, they are themselves in these roles, um, and some of them we had to really like break through and say, because you know I'm friends with them, and I'm like I know you know this, I, I've seen you do this in your real life, <laughs> but can you just bring you to the show and and, and stop acting because this is you, and then have to. You know, like break down. Like, where are you in this character? Where? What is happening? Because um, mm-hmm. it was—I I won't say it was easy to cast, but it was um, when Linda and Bree and I uh, cast it and got feedback from the ca- character, the actors about, well, who who resonates with you? It was like, yep, that's it. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, we were able to roll from there. But they are very, uh, even to the screen, they're a very close knit group. Mhm. Right. Yeah. Wow, well, this is such a marvelous conversation. Um, you all are, you know, doing some really wonderful, wonderful work. Um, and, and thank you so much because we need this kind of uh, sustenance, you know. It keeps, keeps us going. Oh, yes. Well, and, and I want to put, put a plug out for where you can get tickets, and that's yes, at please. celebration.booktick dot com. Is that right, Melinda? Yes. I'm trying to book look it up tick. now. Yeah. T I X book, book tick. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. And um Wanda, thank you so much for having us. I'm 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 just ecstatic that you were able to be with us opening night and enjoyed the show. Um because oh, I think yeah. I called I, I I texted Linda like two hours before the show and I said <laughs> Well, do we sell tickets? And then the other thing, I was like, well, we usually sell tickets at the door. How do you how do you sell tickets at the door? <laughs> <Which there's> the <laughs> door. Yeah. 
Well, you can. They can buy tickets fifteen minutes before the show opens, up to fifteen minutes before. Uh huh. Cool. Super. Yeah. And again, uh, celebrationarts.net is the website, and all the current shows that we learned about today are going to be listed there. So you can make sure you can put them in your calendar so you don't miss any one of them because they all sound phenomenal. And of course, we're going to be having Celebration Arts in the house because every month there's going to be something new to talk about. So we are booked for the rest of the year. <laughs> so That's we'll talk about right. What time, you know, next month we're going to have you, you know, sort of reflecting on this this particular uh, production and telling folks what they're going to be in store for next. All right, Wanda. Thank you so much. Thank you. We run, oh, you're welcome. We Congratulations. Run to the yes. Thank you so much. Yes, definitely. All right. Peace and blessings. All right. Uh-huh. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Bye. So we're going to close with McLeet and Quinn. Um, I think I was thinking about this must be the place. Home is where I want to be. Pick me up and turn me round. I feel numb. Born with a weak heart. I guess I must be having fun. The less we say about it, the better. Make it up as we go along. Feet on the ground, head in the sky.
Thank you for listening to another edition of Wanda's Picks. Peace and blessings, everyone.